good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, hitting cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Wendy, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic in on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Hey, good read there, Wendy. It's a Friday, and... And uh, mm-hmm. Fun Facts Friday, and we're looking forward to that. Good to be on. And we also uh, have State Senator Mary Kunish from uh, the great state of Minnesota here. And we have some exciting uh, news to hear from her and also some things that we want to say. Oh, Peeny Gigi, thank you so much for uh, yes. doing what you do for us. And that's kind of a, a little... Um, what do you say? A little surpriser? Yeah. Am I making up words again? Surpriser? <laughs> it is. A, I don't think that's a word. <laughs> All right. Hey, but uh, we talk about uh, news and events that you don't hear anywhere else. So why don't we get right with the news with Zoe? Uh, Zoe Allen, take it away. Bonjour, relatives. This is Zoe Allen, citizen of the Rosebud Sioux Nation and descendant of the White Earth Nation. Today, I have some important Native news. Our first story today is an update from Indian Country Today on the Nevada lithium mine, um, which is a story I've previously spoken about. So the Ninth um, U.S. Circuit of Court of Appeals on Wednesday denied a request for an emergency injunction that would have prevented a subsidiary of Lithium Americas from breaking ground near the Oregon line this week at the third largest known lithium deposit in the world. Um, Due to this, construction has begun this week on this controversial lithium mine. Reserves at the Thacker Pass mine, they were expected to begin production by the end of 2026, um, and it's located about 200 miles northeast of Reno and would support lithium for more than 1.5 million electric vehicles per, per year for 40 years. Um, The construction of the mine is supported by the Biden administration, who considers the lithium mine to be a critical step in efforts to combat climate change, as the lithium is needed to make batteries for electric vehicles. However, uh, many tribes and environmentalists say um, the opposite, and that this this specific mine would desecrate important ecosystems and sacred lands. Some of the animals whose habitats are also at risk include sage grouse, pronghorn antelope, and cutthroat trout. Conservation groups and tribes say that the Bureau of Land Management uh, rushed um, without adequate environmental review in the final days of former President Donald Trump's administration. On Wednesday, the San Francisco-based court scheduled expedited filing deadlines through April on the merits of the appeal, but its four-page ruling didn't explain its rejection of the injunction. Opponents of the Lithium Nevada Corporation's project filed an emergency motion with the Ninth Circuit on February 27, 2023, after U.S. District Judge Miranda Dew and Reno rejected their latest request to put the case on hold until the San Francisco-based appellate court could hear their appeal. Lawyers representing those opposed to the mine have said that their voices represent a broader picture of what cultural values are at stake as a consequence of a project that Lithium Nevada is attempting to greenwash. And greenwashing is defined as a form of advertising or marketing spin in which green um, PR and green marketing are deceptively used to persuade the public that an organization's products, aims, and policies are environmentally friendly. In other news, an upcoming Native Women in Film Festival, which is a program of the Red Nation Celebration Institute, 
will feature upwards of 30 films from Indigenous women directors, the largest number of films by Native women featured at a festival this year. The event kicks off March 5th and runs until the 10th, the week leading up to the Academy Awards. Some of the Indigenous women directors featured include Darlene Naponce and Peyton Counts. Covering a wide variety of topics Indigenous women face, the festival will show films that speak about boarding school trauma, pipeline activism, and domestic violence. You can check out the films at venues across Los Angeles as well as online, beginning Sunday, March 5th and ending on the 10th. The event will also engage with high-profile women in the film industry, with a special event on the last day called Matriarchs of Cinema, Women of Influence Decolonizing the Entertainment Industry. The festival itself was founded in 1995 and was previously known as the Native Women in Music Festival in Santa Fe and was hosted by actress and producer Romero. In 2003, the Native Women in Film and Television became its own film festival and 2023 actually marks its 14th year. One of the featured films um, called Walking in Two Worlds will star Quana Chasing Horse. So if you want to learn more about this event, um, search up the Native Women in Film Festival um, 2023. Our last story today is on the recent endorsement of a two-year task for a study on Native American overrepresentation in South Dakota's foster care system. Senate Bill 191 is the only bill related to Native children in foster care that made it past the committee hearing so far this session. The Native, the Indian Child Welfare Task Force created through the bill would consist of a 17-member group of stakeholders, including lawmakers and representatives from the state's nine tribes and officials that will work in the State Department of Social Services. Senator Red Doc Foster of Pine Ridge sponsors the bill and stated that understanding the intricacies of the state's foster care system and the intersection of state agencies and tribal governments will require more input and take more time than a usual summer study. Nearly two decades have passed since the state last examined its foster care system thoroughly. According to Foster, more than 60% of children removed from their homes by the Department of Social Services are Native, even though Native Americans make up only 10% of the state's population. One of the many problems within the South Dakota foster care system is a lack of Native American foster families. Representative Rebecca Raymer stated her disbelief that the state is removing children solely on the basis of being in low-income households. Her remark, along with others, show how out of touch certain representatives are when it comes to understanding how violent foster care systems are towards Native American communities. Hopefully, the task force will provide more clarity for non-Native representatives and lead to uh, positive revisions of the South Dakota foster care system. Um, as many of us know, foster care, foster care systems um, similar to boarding schools have um, historically and systemically um, hurt indigenous peoples across, all across Turtle Island. And so this is a very hopeful um, bill that hopefully gets put all the way through. Um, we know from being in Minnesota that task force are really important to having Native people's voices heard, um, such as like our MMIW task force. Um, so keep your, keep, keep your eye out to hear more on this story. Um, this has been uh, Zoe Allen, Chimi Glitch for listening, and tune in uh, next week for more Turtle Island news. Oh, Peeny Gigi there, Zoe and Wendy. Uh, we're really excited to have State Senator Mary Kunish on because we know she has great great news coming up. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to thank her for one specific thing that she is doing. Looks like she's at her office. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Oh, sorry, Wendy. Go ahead. Say it. Stay with us. Oh. When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit, there will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Hey, it's Tom. Many local utility companies and cities have recently renewed incentives for installing solar panels in 2023. This is great news for people looking to go solar, but the electrical grid can only handle so many systems being added to their current infrastructure. The electrical grid has limited space for connecting solar energy systems, so it's important to secure your place on the grid and go solar before someone else takes your spot. All Energy Solar is hosting a winter webinar where you can learn more about local solar incentives and electrical grid congestion. These webinars are free and open to the public, no matter if your property is residential, commercial, agriculture, or even something else. And during your webinar, an expert from All Energy Solar will be available to answer all of your questions. If you're someone who has thought about going solar but are unsure if it's right for you, these webinars are a perfect way to learn more. Interested in attending? Visit allenergysolar.com slash webinar to register for an event and see what incentives are available to you. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is sponsored by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Hey, we have State Senator of the great state of Minnesota here, Mary Kunish, on. And I know, Wendy, you want to start off right away and give her a big shout out and a big ahoo. Ahoo, exactly. <laughs> a really big thank you because there's bills in the Senate right now to remove wolf hunting and trapping from state law. And they were officially introduced to both the House and the and the Senate. And Senate file 2062 is chief authored. Who? Who? Yeah, by Minnesota Senator Mary Kunish. So I just uh-hoo. want to thank her so much for doing it. It's also co-authored by Senators Hodge Abler, Marty, and Dibble. And it's also in the House, House File 2144, and it's chief authored Representative Peter Fisher and co-authored by Representatives Becker Finn, Jordan, and Hornstein. So I want to thank all of you for taking this bill and feeling it's important enough to put your names on it. And Mary, I'm just kind of wondering what what enticed you to you know, author this bill, because this is really something important. I know it's really important to me. Well, I think you inspired me to take this bill. (laughs) I really appreciate that. You bet. You bet. We should call it the Wendy Pilot Wolf Bill, Uh, Wolf Protection Bill or something like that. But I mean, I know how, how passionate you are about protecting wolves and have howled with you a time or two on this show. So <laughs> when I was offered the opportunity to carry that bill, I said, ah, yeah, heck yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I also recognize, you know, a lot of the information that you have shared over the years. Um, we oftentimes think of, you know, the big bad wolf and they're out there killing our livestock and preying on our chickens and whatever. But you know, they are part of our ecosystem. And, um, you know, when when we 
when they allow, you know, those massive, like they did in Wisconsin, where they said, okay, we're going to have a wolf hunt. We're only going to take 200 or so. I don't know if that's the number, but that's what comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And then people just went out there and just like slaughtered Mm -hmm. all the wolves they could find. I mean, honestly, you know, as, as people that are connected to the earth and to, uh, you know, our, our, animal relatives, you know, we think about how that disrupts the society of wolves, how it really destabilizes those packs and those that are left, um, you know, who knows, you know, they probably die because they're vulnerable. They don't have the, the protection or the, the, um, pack to help protect them. And it just, um, you know, it just sort of break breaks my heart when I think about it. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you, you were my inspiration. I'm really super proud to carry this bill. And, um, I, I hope that we're able to get it over, over the end line, you know? Yes, I hope so too. And I really, really appreciate it, Mary. You have no idea, honestly. So thank you again. Well, if it's one thing I can do to, to show my appreciation. (laughs) Awesome. Wow, that is awesome, Fantastic. Mary. Mary, you're in your office right now, and so you're working double time here. Um, what, what's been going on besides this great, great bill that you're authoring? Uh, I know oh. a lot's happening and uh, a lot of good things, and we got the triple threat going on. And I don't think in my lifetime, or at least as long as I've been paying attention, that uh, work like this has been happening at the Capitol with this trifecta. Yeah, we are just humming along. I'm telling you, we are getting so much good work done. I, I caught the tail end of your previous uh, conversation around foster care and the high uh, incidences in our, in our, our American Indian kids. I want to tell you that on Monday, The vacuuming guys out the right was going to vacuum my <laughs> office. Um, <laughs> on Monday, we passed the MIFPA, Minnesota Indian Family Preservation um, Act bill, off of the Senate floor, which is really good news because once the House does that and they're doing this, uh, they'll be hearing it and passing it off of the floor in the Minnesota House of representatives, then it will go over to the governor and he will sign it and it will be updated in law. And that just means that if ICWA should go away at the federal level, that Minnesota still has those protections, the um, processes, the um, the uh, social you know, the whole the whole kit and caboodle of uh, the Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act will go into effect and we'll have those protections in place. So that started my Monday off really, really well. Um, this is Friday. There was a lot of bills in between there. I'll tell you, I think I had 16 bill hearings this year or this week. Uh, and I have a bunch next week. But uh, today... Two more good bills that uh, we heard in committee and we'll move on. Uh, The first one is the uh, creation of the reward pool for the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives Office here in Minnesota. So we have that permanent office, the first in the nation. And I think Colorado is the second one. And I'm really pleased that um, our executive director, Juliet Rudy, uh, told me today that she and the office in in Colorado are working together, which is really great. Um, But uh, I was inspired by uh, Representative Alicia Koslowski, who was not a representative at the time, but worked up in, in Duluth, Minnesota, and they created a reward pool up there in the city to uh, follow up and, and investigate missing and murdered Indigenous relatives. That inspired me to do a statewide one. So we created a bill last year, and it would have passed if the public safety omnibus bill had passed, but it didn't. Um, 
to create this, this uh, reward pool. And that means that tribes, individuals, uh, faith-based organization, anyone who is really passionate and wants to make an effort uh, towards addressing this issue would be able to donate to this reward fund that's housed in the MMIR office. And then of course, last year, uh, I had the inspiration to uh, create these specialty license plates that we have in Minnesota that would be uh, MMIR license plate. And those specialty funds that when people buy those funds or the license plate, those dollars, and it's not very much, it's like, I want to say $26 or something, but that would go into that fund. And so we're seeding the reward fund with $110,000. And then once that is established, then anyone and everyone can donate to it. And then that office will continue to do the work that hasn't been done in so long. Wow. Wow, 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 now, wow. I want one of those license plates. Well, two of them. I, like I know. The I do, too. I can hardly wait. That. And we have yeah. to. I mean, I want to be part of. I, I would like to, you know, have the input of our of Indian country in Minnesota, what that license plate. But in my mind, it envisions a ribbon skirt and a red hand. Other right. people might have really good ideas too, but we'll see. Wow! Wow! That's yeah, really we'll definitely good. get them for our cars. That's that's a uh, um, that's totally amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a visual. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it'll bring a larger awareness and, mm -hmm. you know, people want to know about it. On Monday, when when I um, uh, presented the MIFPA bill on the floor, I went through the history of all of the terrible level, you know, the acts, the this act and the, that act and uh, that took our kids away from the beginning of time, you know, once we got colonized. And, you know, you could have heard a pin drop in the Senate uh, uh, wow. uh, floor. You know, they they were listening. People were listening. And at the end of the um, my my presentation and when we went to vote, everyone talk about bipartisan support, everyone but one Republican voted for the bill. Wow. So, you know, that tells us a lot. I, I think people are learning and they want to understand this better. We have Sovereignty Day coming up, uh, not this coming Monday, but a week from Monday, where we will have uh, tribal elders and leaders come into the Minnesota House chamber and the Senate will go over there and we'll have a discussion about sovereignty and tribes and that sort of thing have lunch with our uh, those tribal members. And, you know, I hope that we continue to do that and build those relationships and that that knowledge around, um, you know, about what we are all about here in um, in Minnesota. You must be. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just say this before we break for the segment. I am totally jazzed by this information and just being connected with you with wendy wendy's been a doer for many years too and state senator uh the shackles are down we have the trifecta and the work's being done and um <laughs> i'm just really really happy to to be able to amplify your voice and all this good news that you have coming across thank you thanks uh, really Really, hey, let's take a quick break, Mary, and come back to uh, maybe the vacuum cleaner guy can get in there for the next two minutes while we're uh, okay. on break. But excellent to have you on as always. I'm just so happy. We'll be right back. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. 
City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Seward Co-op is now offering convenient, self-serve, and pre-packaged hot options and salad bars at both the Franklin and Friendship stores. Breakfast items available daily until 11 a.m. and brunch served all day every Sunday. Their weekly lunch and dinner menus highlight cuisines from around the world. They offer vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free options daily. 95% of the ingredients used are organic from small-scale, local community food producers whenever possible. More at seward.coop. Tune in this Saturday morning right here on AM 950 for the kickoff of Season 7 of the Gardening with Joy and Holly radio show from 7 to 8 a.m. We'll be discussing the world of seeds and seed starting as well as strawberries in the ground and containers. Our guest is author Pam Farley and will answer your garden questions. That's all this Saturday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on AM 950. Tell a friend and let's grow together. This is The Being Curious Show. I'm Brian Mariani, founder of No Shift Own. And I'm Kelly Wagner, publisher of Edge Magazine. Our show is about curiously connecting teachers and seekers on a wide range of topics in a safe space. And our intention is that these conversations spark your own curiosity that creates a life that totally lights you up. This Sunday, we talk to representatives from Twin Cities Pagan Pride and guests that are hosting Paganicon, happening March 17th through 19th in Plymouth, Minnesota. For more information, go to tcpaganpride.org. This is AM 950, KTNF, St. Louis Park, Minneapolis, St. Paul, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hey, it's Patrick. It's March, and believe it or not, it's almost time for spring cleaning. You're not the only one who's tired of winter this year because your carpets and air ducts are too. Think about the dust, dander, and bacteria living and breeding in your carpet, upholstery, air ducts, and more with nowhere to go. There's only one real way to get rid of that gunk in your home, and that's by calling our cleaning heroes at Zero Res. With Zero Res's platinum-rated cleaning systems and patented ZR water, they will extract all that nasty out of your home, and it will look and smell like a home should. And with the Zero Res Gotta Love It guarantee, you know they will take care of you. This month, get three rooms Zero Resified from the Twin Cities' number one carpet cleaner starting at $129. And take $75 off your air duct cleaning as well to get that true spring cleaning feel. Call 9520-RES or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com right now and say you want the AM950 special. Zero Res. Hey, AM950 listeners. My name is JP Derbogosian, and I'm the host of This Queer Book, Save My Life, the show that celebrates life-giving LGBTQ stories. Every week, I talk with new guests about the LGBTQ books that help us live and love with pride. On our next episode... I talk with Michael Barakiva about the YA novel Dreadnought and with Ellie Krug about the memoir She's Not There. You can join us every Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for cloudy skies tonight with a low around 25, Saturday cloudy with a high near 36, and Sunday light snow with a high near 37. Check out the award-winning Hazel's Northeast for a delicious meal any time of the day. Breakfast favorites include the meat waffle, hippie cakes, and chicken fried steak and eggs, while for dinner, try selections like the meatloaf and mushroom ravioli. Hazel's Northeast is located off 29th and Johnson or at hazelsnetogo.com. Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. The show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and uh, we're in the studio, like what we like to call Macho Horus, which means uh, the place where you take blue clay, and that's uh, Ho call Minnesota, their homeland, and that's part of the what the Twin Cities are called by Ho-Chunk, Ho, uh, the blue clay. So uh, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and we're kind of having a, a, 
a party here in a sense, Wendy. We're uh, talking about all the good work she's doing. Exactly. It's amazing. Exactly. And we're excited and we're excited to hear more about what, what you're doing and what you plan on doing. And um, yeah, I, welcome back, Mary. I'm just uh, perplexed here and I'm, we, got te- we got teary-eyed over here when you were talking about uh, Wendy uh, and her great work with the wolves and talking about wolves. Um inspired you so again Pinigi for that our family is very grateful for that shout out and i think you're muted mute muted you're muted mary there we go there you go there you go it really does take all of us to do this work i mean like Wendy, I know how hard you work for uh, our four-legged relatives. And, you know, when, when I'm inspired by other people or hear their stories, you know, we, there's work that I've done around the opioid and the uh, um, addiction area because I've heard so many heartbreaking stories from a lot of people. And, you know, my family is not immune to to addiction either or heartbreak like that. And, you know, that's the beauty of uh, being in a position like this is that we, um, you know, we all carry our ancestors and our relatives experiences with us. And, and sometimes if we can make it better for those that, are suffering or are, are in trouble in some way, you know, that's just one less person, or maybe it's a family, or maybe it's a group that we can make a difference. And Robert, you and I uh, were teachers in our, our past life. And as uh, finance chair of the Minnesota uh, Education Committee, I have this huge, huge responsibility because I am, I am, um, I uh, I have the fourth or the second largest budget in the state of Minnesota to allocate, and if you don't think that's da- not daunting, uh, you oh. need to think again. And based on our experiences, you know, we want to we want to do the very best for our students and for our teachers. And and there are a lot of people who have ideas about how our schools should be run or not run or how they should be funded, what should be our priorities. Um, And I like to listen to people. I like to hear their point of view. But at the end of the day, you know, I have to take all that into consideration and allocate a lot of money, <laughs> yeah. maybe in the, you know, maybe in the billions. I'm sure I have a feeling it will be in the billions. Yeah. I mean, whoever would have thought that, you know, 10 years ago, here's this library media specialist who's now uh, now in charge of this. But it's a huge responsibility. I don't take it lightly. And I think it's it's my life experiences and all of the people that I've uh, come across in my lifetime that are going to help me and hopefully help me make really good decisions. That, that is awesome. And one thing I want to just back up a little bit what you said earlier. One of the things that I truly believe too is, you know, we have, we talk a lot about our, our relatives with trauma and things that, uh, really affected them in a bad way, but there's also so much good too out of our community. It's not just trauma and it's people that like yourself that are, are leading the way and, uh, in a good way because, uh, of who you are and what you've gone through in the positive way. Yeah. And there are a lot of people, I'll tell you this afternoon, I had a meeting, I'd go over Cross the street to the Capitol. Our offices are on the other side of the street. With uh, and meet with uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Flanagan, Anishinaabe okay. woman, and the governor. And we and it was. Uh, I walked into this room, and I'm not going to lie. It just about took my breath away because there were around this table at least 18 of our our native leaders in Whoa. the urban core. Uh, that were around this table talking about funding for our um, our community nonprofit organizations that are doing the boots on the job on the ground uh, work. You know, uh, Kelly Drummer from Megazine. Yeah. Uh, you know, all, all these people. You know, it was just 
it was just unbelievable. Um, did I say Kelly Drummer? Yeah. Yes. Um, and 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 Sharon Day and right. Joe Hobart and right. um, Mary Lagarde, Lagarde from, you know, they're just like all of these yeah. people that are doing the good work, um, you know, like our Anne Young Center, where they have homeless shelters, both for our adults, our native adults, but also for the youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're doing so many incredible things and it's all centered around our community to make them healthier, to make them happier, to um, provide opportunities for the youth so that they don't get pulled down into those, those, those drudges of self-medication because of the trauma that not only the past generations and the present generations have experienced, but that we can, you know, shore each other up and lift them up for, for the good work. So, I mean, it was just so very inspiring. And, um, you know, I, 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 my hat just goes off to them. And these are the people I get to work with and advocate for, and then, you know, to see the good work that they're doing. So I, I really am blessed to be in this time and be in this place. At this time too, and we have Robert Lilligren on. Uh, yes, we have we have uh, Doctor Stately on the show. Yes, and this is an era of of uh, people working together as opposed to uh, uh, wanting all of it or not sharing it. That's not what's happening now, and and that's so refreshing to hear from all the nonprofits working together. It's a beautiful thing, you know. It used to be like when. I first began, you know, uh, I would get requests from um, these individuals or nonprofits. Will you carry a bill for bonding dollars? Will you carry a bill? So they were all working individually. And I love it that they all came together. And there's a group we call ULI, Urban Indian Legislative Initiative. And so all these non- native nonprofits came together, they looked at each other's projects or needs, and they prioritized who right. should get the funding first of all, you know, who can we finish their projects and then move on. So there's a plan. There's yeah. a long standing plan and everybody is helping each other like let's get these top five ones done then we'll come back and look at these next five Mm -hmm. and it's just um i mean this is how we should do it this is how it works when we are supporting each other not fighting for the same dollars all the time and then and then lifting each other up in so many different ways uh so like i said it just took my my breath away yeah, I I think uplifting each other is is the is the term I was looking for. I think you were circling around that, and that, yeah. I, again, this is going to be this is a great show because it's so positive and it's so it's so doing. You know, we're you're doing stuff, and and people around there are being uplifted. Yeah, creating yeah, awareness uh... about so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a good day to be a state senator, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good day to be an Indian. I'm not going to lie. That's right, that's We've right. got lots more ahead. Exactly. Yes. Well, we got like yeah. a couple minutes here. What do you got uh, m- moving uh, forward uh, the next couple weeks? What, uh, what things do you have, uh, what things do you have uh, uh, in the next couple weeks that you're working on? Um, so the other thing that we that um, happened today, did I tell you about the ERA, the Equal Rights no. Amendment? No. So we did that one today, too. That passed out of the Judiciary Committee, and that uh, I think we're going to hear it on the Senate floor. Uh, and I should I should read that to you because uh, we put a little bit of a twist on on the um on uh, the new, let's say the new improved ERA. Uh, Before it said equality under the law should not be abridged or denied uh, on account of sex. And then when I was in the house, I changed the word sex to gender 
to be more inclusive. And that passed um, off the floor, but that was because Dems were in the majority and the Republicans were not, they weren't going for it at all. <laughs> but now this new ERA um, bill, we are asking to have the ERA statement question put on our state ballot in 2024 when we have our general elections. Mm. And um, the, the question would be, should we put this statement into the Minnesota Constitution to, to ensure equity or e equality for all? And the, 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 the statement is, equality under the law shall not be abridged or denied by this state or any of its cities, counties, or other political subdivisions on account of race, creed, color, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, age, disability, ancestry, or national origin. <laughs> wow. So it, it's, we got everyone covered. And we got every geographical location covered so that cities and counties can flake off and say, well, we're going to do our own. And um, I just I'm really excited. We'll get it done in the Senate. They'll get it done in the House and send it over to the governor again. What a great way to end Love this it. week. Thank you so much, State Senator Mary Kunish of the great state of Minnesota. Peeny Gigi for all you do. And thank you so much for the update. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Hey, we're, you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Up next, our sacred animal section with Wendy. Stay with us. Oh. Hey, Ogama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Coming up, the 2023 Dionysus Awards. For the most thought-provoking movies of the past year. Do we need a plan to make sure our lives are meaningful? Does artistic power corrupt absolutely? Is there a possible world where you're a rock with googly eyes? The Dionysus Awards, next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. on AM 950. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Just thought I'd throw in the applause, too, at the same time, Wendy. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy has been an animal advocate for many years, and she might have a bill named after her soon. But oh. hey, <laughs> what a great uh, segment with uh, State Senator Mary Kunish. Yeah, she's awesome, and I really, really appreciate um, that she signed that bill. She's the author of the bill to end 
wolf hunting here in Minnesota once and for all. It could never come back. So that's what I want. That's and right. a lot of us, yeah. Yes. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. <laughs> that means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega, Curtis. Right. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's really my pleasure to do that. And I'm going to be at the state capitol again on Thursday. Wow. Yeah, I'm just going to be there for a hearing, listening to a bill that's uh, hopefully going to be passing here, and it's something that's near and dear to our hearts, Robert. It's the Pet Store Ordinance. Yes. Yeah, well, it really bans the sale of dogs from the pipeline from these horrible puppy mills into the pet stores. Um, you you know, I've talked on the show many, many times about our little Gracie who spent mm. seven years in a puppy mill um, as a breeder dog. Right. You know, so she was there for a really long time and she's with us now doing really great. And we're really happy that she is. But we want to like end that horrible pipeline um, f- with these puppy mills. And, you know, we don't want to shut down these pet stores. They, uh, We need our pet stores, but we need them to kind of transition to a more humane model where they're selling, um, you know, things like, ch- you know, Chuck and Don's, right? Like a pet store that sells uh, leashes and food and treats and, you know, little stuffed animals and stuff and they could um sponsor adoption events where people can come in and adopt the animals that need to be adopted but uh, i'm really happy about the wolf bill so i want to just once again say ho (laughs) ha ha that's what women say ha (laughs) when they greet when they greet um so i have seven reasons to let wolves live are I'm going to I'm going to go that? I'm going to really quickly do it. We, we can't do it. No, yeah, we time. can do it. Oh, we got All right. plenty of time. All right. So, this is uh from the brochure from Howling for Wolves. Um I just want to um do a quote by Dr. Maureen Hackett. We support effective science-based and non-lethal wolf plans to support and promote human and gray wolf coexistence into the future. So that's what they like to do. And they have seven reasons to let wolves live. Number one, Minnesota has the original remaining wolf population in the continental U.S. that never went extinct. That is crazy. Isn't that? The whole United States, all the states, we have the only um, original remaining wolf population. Number two, 80%, 80% of Minnesotans agree wolves should be protected for future generations. That's a lot of people, 80%. You can't get 80% of people to agree on what side of the bread to butter. <laughs> exactly. What the heck? Wow. So people really care about our wolves. Number three, a healthy wolf population supports healthy habitat for wildlife and humans alike. Fishing, hunting, and birding in these habitat contribute to Minnesota's, get this, $12 billion tourism economy. $12 billion. I like how you said tourism. Tourism. Was that my New York accent? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the wolf is obviously worth more alive than dead. God. Yes. Legalized wolf killing promotes brutal methods. We've talked about these on the show, including yeah. wire snares and leg hold traps. Not only do these cause de- devastating injuries such as brain bleeds and amputations they kill our non-targeted animals including dogs right well number five wolves are family animals with strong social bonds their packs consist of multi multiple generations who raise pups and support each other Six, killing a single wolf can devastate or destroy their surviving pack. This deep mourning can have unpredictable effects on wolves. Number seven, this is the last one, wolves of wild howls. And we do this on the show, although we could never howl really like a wolf. Howls of wild wolves have inspired human creativity, art, and music for centuries. These magnificent voices can never be recreated when they are silenced. Right. So I'm really hoping that the bill passes, the wolves will be 
saved. They are on the endangered species list right now as threatened. If they come off the endangered species list, there may be a hunt here in Minnesota. And like Mary said, we know what happens when they open the land up to hunting. Yeah, well, we saw that with uh, what happened in our neighboring state, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And and, uh, less than 48 hours, the limit was Passed. It was past the limit. So yes. what happens is people get their licenses. I don't know if it's from all over the country, but it's just like, let's kill some wolves. As I mean, soon as they hear that they can where, do it legally, their, they run to do it. Where's their heart? I mean, I can mm-hmm. see possibly ducks, even though we feed our ducks in the backyard. I wouldn't do it. But I mean, people eat ducks. They don't eat wolves. No. So where where is their heart? I don't know if it's, it's just a... Um, and uh, there's hunters who are against these type of hunts. There's there's hunters out there who do not want to get involved in like a, a wildlife killing contest. Right. Right. They are totally against it because if it's it, not ethical. If it was a sport, the wolves would, would have, have a gun, gun too, and they yes. could shoot back. And we've said that over and over I and love over saying again. That. You it's know, kind of funny we too. We say that, but really, we just need to really. Um, if you haven't already. You can call your Minnesota uh, state legislator and, and senator and just leave them a voicemail. Say, hey, this is my name. I live in your, your district. I want to ban wolf hunting and trapping in Minnesota, and this is really important to me. And just name one reason why, and they'll get that message. And if they get enough phone calls, then they will uh, vote on that bill to do that. And, well, like uh, Nina says here, it's murder, you know. It is murder. It is. It's it it is. We all we all know. We need to keep the pack intact. Oh. Can it I make a t shirt? It says it right on that sign right there for Wolf Day from Howling for Wolves that that many of us attended and we mm-hmm. had a really great day and heard a lot of good information about the wolves and we were able to all make appointments and go see our legislators. It's really like kind of fun to walk around the state capitol and and talk to the legis- your legislators and you know and tell them what's important to you. Really. I I may be going down to the state capitol too talking about smudging in the classroom mm. and as you know um we we did that for many years even prior to it being a law. Mm-hmm. I think we had a principal that was very uh, liberal about it at the school that I taught at mm-hmm. which was great but was was not um the norm, but I'll be at the Capitol too. That's great. This week too. Yeah, I'll be there on Thursday. Wow. In the afternoon. Maybe you can drop me off. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back and forth to the Capitol. It's a little hard to park, but they, they you know, you have, sometimes you have to park a little ways away and walk, but that's all right. Well, to recap, uh, great that there's a lot of laws going on, mm-hmm. Wendy, and they're humane laws, mm-hmm. uh, they're um, uh, common sense laws. Yeah, exactly. And going way, you know, from the beginning of the show when Zoe was talking about, you know, the lithium mine and all the um, havoc that that will create. We had so many uh, people on our Facebook uh, feed here saying we need to get hemp batteries. Why aren't we? Where aren't we getting hemp batteries? We need to. Follow the dollar. Follow the dollar. Follow and that's why dollar. we're not getting hemp batteries. But that's right, what we not need. yet, but that's a thing that needs to be brought up. And exactly. as soon as people figure out how to make a lot of money off it is, is that's when, when we'll, we'll get, get hemp it. batteries. Exactly. But, hey, Wendy, thanks for being on again. If you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. See you next week.